0: Welcome to the Charlotte Readers Podcast, where books and writing topics are center stage and authors give voice to the written words. I'm Landis Wade, and on behalf of my co-hosts, Hannah LaRue and Sarah Archer, we thank you for listening. The Charlotte Readers Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com
1: hey listeners we are here for episode 360 of charlotte readers podcast and today we have critically acclaimed southern storyteller i was super excited to talk with you scott gould in his latest novel um the hammerhead chronicles the novel is a 2023 winner of the eric hoffer award um, with the awards team saying that the hammerhead chronicles draws us ever closer to grief loss in the ways we can each get each other wrong, um, transmitting instead into the gold of family, friendship, and community. And I feel like that's a really great way to kind of um, sum it all up. So congratulations on winning that award first and foremost. Um, And thanks for joining us, Scott.
0: Hey, it's good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks. Thanks for that intro. Um, Yeah, and it's that that it's funny that people say things about this book and but they forget to say that it's it's actually kind of funny or it's supposed to be funny, you know? Yeah,
1: so, I was just saying yeah. before we hopped on here, I was I was telling him, I'm like, this is such a great uh, book because you have all of these kind of darker themes inside of the story, um, but it's funny. And you can kind of, and listeners, you guys are going to definitely hear that with how he speaks. No, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, th- I can tell that you're, <laughs> you've got some funny... Um...
0: <laughs> I-, I like to have a good time, you know? You do,
1: you're a fun guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You're a
1: fun guy. Yeah, I'm um, fun. I'm fun. <laughs> you are fun. I can tell. Um, no, and I think that's great. That's one of my favorite kinds of novels to read, especially Southern fiction. I think, you know, especially now, a lot of um, Southern novels, because we have a dark past and there's yeah. darker themes and stories that are being told. And I think having that kind of humorous undertone to it is kind of a great way to, it's probably more fun for you to write. <laughs>
0: yeah it, it is and and that's not to diminish the the darker side of things and 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 yeah. but humor you know uh humor is a way of another way of examining you know what might not be going well in, a, in the world you build right. in in right. a novel so yeah I, and I wanted to have a good time writing this book uh you know which is why I um did things like you know try had multiple narrators you know I, I'd said from the beginning, I say like, you know I want to write a book that's got a lot of different voices in it, yeah. Um, uh, which can you know set you up for a lot of problems with you know um, putting yourself into another character, another character's first person voice, and things like that. But from a writing standpoint, from a, a craft standpoint, it's it's fun to do that. It's, yeah, uh, I, I I like that challenge. Um, and and it you know it it, it presents certain challenges creating the book mm-hmm. trying to keep the story moving forward but here comes another person to tell a certain part of it and another person so right yeah I, I, I spent a lot of time with chapters spread out on the dining room table that I never eat on that I oh. write on and 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 <laughs> doing, the, doing the doing the doing uh, the the shell game with yeah. oh, wait a minute this this actually needs to come before this and so <laughs> forth but, but it was it was fun creating it
1: Oh, I bet. And I have a lot of questions actually about so many of the characters, but first I want to talk a little bit about you and your background. Yeah. Um, for me being, I feel like, um, I'm in for most of our listeners. now, I'm in Cincinnati now I'm in Ohio. So I guess I'm technically an Ohio girl. Um, but I'm definitely always a Carolina girl through and through. I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, which, um, you know, we, we see Charleston a couple times, um, in this book. Um, but South Carolina, I lived there for seven years, love it down there and you've lived there your whole life, right?
0: Oh yeah. Born and raised. Um, uh, <clears throat> I've constantly moved around the state. My, my dad okay. was a, was a forester and he worked for the state. So he got moved all over the place. Um, we eventually landed in the middle of the state. I grew up in the low country, uh, down near the coast, down near Charleston. Okay. Not, not, not too far. So my, you know, all those, uh, Let's say "quote unquote" formative years were in the Low Country. And I love that, and that's where I f- I consider myself sort of a okay. Th- the Low Country's in the blood. Let's say uh-huh. you know? I
1: like that. I like that. That's a yeah, good and by. then uh, <laughs> uh,
0: well, I mean, I, 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 the first the first book I had out was a collection of stories all mm-hmm. set in the Low Country in the nineteen seventies. So um, that's that's not that they were autobiographical or anything, you know, uh, but uh, um. <laughs> But I moved I moved further up into the Midlands and then okay. I, I've been in the, I've been in the upstate here for years and years. So yeah, what? South Carolina's home.
1: Okay. What part of the low country were you in? What um
0: a little town called Kingstree. Um
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what that is? Yeah, yeah I do. I've never been there, but I've heard that town name before.
0: Barbecue. Best barbecue <laughs> ever. Heard it
1: here first. What, what are what are some first. good spots in Kingstree? Brown's Tree? barbecue. There is okay.
0: one spot. Brown's uh, barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you different. You know, oh, my Brown's gosh. Barbecue.
1: Okay, Brown's Barbecue. I'm making a n- mental note of that. I miss the <laughs> barbecue of the South so much. You have no idea. Um, it's just a different level of good. <laughs> oh, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's addictive. It's addictive. It, it really
1: is. It's like barbecue sauce. Oh, it's just, oh, my God. I'm like <laughs> mouth-watering right now. Anyway, <laughs> what part of uh, the Middle State do you live in now? Are you up towards Greenville?
0: Well, I'm, I'm in the upstate now. I'm in Greenville. Oh, I've been, okay. I've been yeah. in Greenville for... For years i've been teaching at the governor's school for the arts here yeah. um for 20 years um, awesome yeah so i so this has been home i've seen the the changes greenville has gone through so it's a it's a great place to live yeah. it was a great place to raise kids um and uh and now it's a great place for grandkids to come visit so oh
1: my gosh yeah. i've heard it's beautiful i've never been there yeah. either so what uh, what do you think um kept you in south carolina
0: no. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I I love to travel and I love to get out of of South Carolina, but mm-hmm. I I don't. I've never really um, felt the need to chase anything down elsewhere. Um, you know, I I've often thought about it because there've been times in my life where it was nothing really holding me here. I could, you know, mm-hmm. job wise or or, or relationship wise or so forth. I could I could I mean, I had the opportunity, but. You know, for all of its um faults of of which there are many uh in South Carolina, <laughs> um, I, I love it. It's 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 I growing up as the son of a forester, I got I, I saw the state I saw the green part of the state a lot. Right. I saw I saw how beautiful the state is. And you know, and you know the low country, Hannah, yeah. with the slow moving mm-hmm. dark rivers and the cypress trees and the cypress knees, and then you I'm, I'm right at the foot of the mountains, So, I mean, you got all that in one state. Um, yeah. but you know, like I said, there's, uh, South Carolina has its issues, but I yeah. don't know. I guess I just, uh, I, I guess I'm stuck here. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I it's can't. a good place to get
1: stuck though. I would say for the most part, you know, the, and- the
0: anchors, it's anchor is covered up with a lot of pluff mud, you know, I can't, right. I can't, I can't pull the anchor out. <laughs>
1: And I'm sure there's a ton of um, writing inspiration, which, you know, I, I feel like I'm sure it's, how has that kind of influenced you and oh your writing Lord. over the years, just your stories and all of that?
0: Listen, when you live in the, when you live in the South, I just, just, yeah, you, know, you just got to walk down the street and there's yeah. stories. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I I tell my students that, <clears throat> and, I, and I try to practice what I preach is that, you know you're an observer of the world and, and and the world's gonna lay enough material in your lap to write a hundred novels you mm-hmm. just have to you have to be disciplined enough to say that's a good story that i can combine with that and you start putting a world together of a novel and and um uh, but yeah yeah it's uh uh i I feel like there's something about the the place, the setting, and the and the characters that just seem to like spring up like weeds. Sometimes that yeah. you can just you can just say, "I, I want to write about that guy." Right? Like I was I was I was walking the dog this morning, <laughs> and a guy came by <laughs> on a moped in a bathrobe, and I'm not sure but there was much le- else and the bathrobe was just flowing out behind him like a superman cape
1: wow he, that's awesome and,
0: and he and i thought <laughs> how do you use that i don't know how you use that in a story but there's a story there right so so you just you, you get your little notebook and you put you write down guy on moped in bathrobe flowing fly, flowing yeah and you just leave it there and it's going to come up sometime some, somewhere that's going to come up
1: oh my gosh i love it thank you for sharing that i love that story
0: (laughs) but but you know but the thing is is, you know if you're not a writer Mm -hmm. you you just say what in the world was that
1: and then you You go on with your day right they're going
0: there but if you're a writer you go there's there's a story there what's that guy's backstory what put him on that moped that time of morning this was like seven o'clock in the morning with a bathrobe well where was he going where did he come from, and where where's he going? There's right. your story. There's your there's your story right there. That that's that. Now you get to lie about the truth. Now you get to lie about. You, the truth. I like that you, a lot. <laughs> well, that's what I, I you know. Uh, one of our mantras here uh, when I'm talking to students are and and is, you know that old cliche, write what you know. Yes, I, well, I do. <laughs> I tell them write write what you know well enough to lie about. So. Ooh take something you've seen and you know and then start telling lies and that's how you write that's how you fiction begins at least i think so listen i don't know what i'm talking about
1: for all things charlotte readers podcast check out charlotte readers you can find a list of all episodes an alphabetical guest list with links detailed show notes for each episode a community blog and more we'd love to have you visit I'm going to circle back to kind of what we were talking about, or what you mentioned about having so many different characters in the Hammerhead Chronicles, which, um, you know, again, everybody, this is like such a great book. It's kind of the story. um, There's a lot of stories in one novel, I think, is a way that I'd put it. Uh, We have uh, the main character to me is definitely Claude. He is a very deeply troubled man who, you know, kind of struggles with covering up a lot of his feelings and problems with alcohol um, and just various different things. He is getting divorced um, from his wife of many years, Peg, who is... Um. Well, she's dead. So (laughs) I don't think that gives too much away. You know, it's at the very. But she is one of the narrators. She is. She is. Which that is one of my favorite parts. I loved how you did that. But um, but yeah. So Claude and his he has kind of an eccentric group of people that he interacts with on a daily basis. Um, you know, we've got two uh twin gay booksellers in town who are also racist um we've got claude's kind of makeshift chauffeur driver who is um, a black man with an afro named samuel and he kind of drives claude around um, when he can't drive anymore because he's been drinking too much jim yeah and the they're, PBR. they're best friends they're, they're, they're teaching colleagues. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we've got a great cast of characters here, and so I kind of want to just talk with you a little bit about how you fleshed all of them out. You know, how did you do that? How did you organize your brain um, to have all of them with their own stories, and how did you write it out and all of that good stuff?
0: You know, um, I, it. I knew, and, and you were right and correct in saying that Claude's like the the center character, the centermost character. The he's the. I don't want to there's cycling in this novel and I don't want to like beat the cycling metaphor, but he's the, he's the hub and everybody else kind of spokes off of him. So, to speak. So, um, so, you know, what, what I did was I said, what is Claude's on this journey? He's, he's, he starts to cycle because he wants to get better. He wants to, his body's starting to break down and his life's starting to break down. And and he thinks that cycling is going to help that.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, then, uh, what i do is is i say okay i've got this basic premise that claude's on that that journey how can i complicate that journey or how can i aid that journey so mm-hmm. you you populate the world around him and that's when you bring in his best friend samuel and you know samuel's but you know then you want to complicate samuel's life you know so he's he's got a beef with the the gay racist bookstore owners um, so there's trouble there because you know what's what's the cliche oh the only trouble is interesting so you you're tr- you try to create some trouble um, I
1: had that quote kind of mapped out to talk with you about that I thought that seriously was cr- yes it's yeah. I literally yeah <laughs> so. that's that's
0: a that's a great quote that I've seen attributed to so many different people I, I saw it first in I think Janet Burroway's uh, writing fiction book years ago it said only trouble is interesting and so, I, so I'd, basically, yes. I was trying to create some trouble for everybody. Right. I, I've got, you know, Claude's got the the bartender, uh, Lejeune, who's just, you know, feisty, you know, just her, her mantra is suck it up, buttercup. She's got that tattooed on her arm. And, you know, so she's – but she's a, kind of attracted to Claude. And there's – you know, there's – Yeah. There's, there's – you just create trouble for, for Claude's world. But within that world – these people intersect and and then you've got peg the the wife uh the ex-wife who's who's passed away is watching everything from above and she can yeah. comment on she she well that was that was a you know with all these first person narrators that was sort of a cheat for me because that let her be more omniscient she could comment on things where she wasn't really there that's that's right. you know, that's that's the crutch of first person narration yeah. is that that first person's got to be there and but she can say, oh, look, look at what I wonder if those people over there know what's happening to those people over there. And yeah. So so that was sort of a, you know, like smoke and mirror point of view kind of thing going on there.
1: Right. And that I felt like that was such an interesting thing. And I'm, I've am always been interested in kind of characters in the afterlife. Um, yeah. You know, the lovely bones back. Yeah. when That came yeah. out stuff like that, where you're just kind of like. I wonder, I think that's a question that so many people think oh, yeah. about, right? It's just like, well, what happens yeah. um, when you die? Um, and I thought that yeah. was really great that you kind of made that decision to make her a character. When did you know you wanted to do that?
0: Um, pretty pretty early on. I just, like I said, oh, maybe I didn't say, I can't remember now, if, but that I wanted <laughs> to have fun doing yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I didn't want to believe in that whole hokey you know you gotta you know suffer and i gotta write seventy five drafts and oh my god it was like <laughs> I was locked away for years and I didn't see my children and all this kind of stuff you know now I wanted to have fun I thought wow that could be kind of cool to say what what would it be like and what would she see or could she see or yeah and and I thought there were things like I think she opens up the first time you meet her she says uh uh there's no weather here or something like that yes like
1: i really miss the weather yeah yeah, and i go that
0: yeah because there there wouldn't be any weather in the great beyond whatever (laughs) you know and i I, you know i didn't want to make it like some uh you know uh religious trope of you know of of you know heaven or the afterlife looks like it was more like just nothingness and i right but she's got a certain kind of consciousness within that and she's able to see you know and that and again that was i was just i had to have a character who could move the story forward by commenting on some things that other people couldn't com- comment on
1: Right, and I, that's a really good point. Now that I'm kind of looking back at my reading experience, um, while while I was reading this, I did feel like it was like her chapters, you know, kind of. It's like they sort of summarized what was going on right. in a way. Where it's like right. it, it was very thought provoking, though, you know, um, like because because she could just see everything. So right. you're just right. you kind of um, find Peg to be your reading companion. I felt like yeah. in a lot of ways, you know what I mean?
0: Well, she's an observer, but yeah. but the big the big thing that with creating all these characters hannah was uh they had to sound they had to have a distinctive sound to yeah. them. i mean there was a distinctive um uh rhythm to their language and a distinctive voice so each one i had to you know make sure lejeune sounded a certain way so i would let she speak some very clipped sentences and yeah. um you know uh cheryl who's i thought say uh, cheryl the, the she's <laughs> she cusses like a sailor but yep her life is in disarray at the beginning yeah. of the novel, but uh, I said, "Okay." As she gets more and more settled and feels better about where she is in life, she cusses less. Right. So she cur- she cursed a lot less, and by the end of the end of the novel, she's not even doing that. So yeah. I was toning that down, and but um, uh, but I would do tricks like uh, each each te- I, I wrote these chapters in succession. I didn't go and write all of Claude and all of Lejeune. And all, I, did, okay. I yeah. wrote them one at a time. But each one I had a, a separate soundtrack for, musical soundtrack. So, so I would put on their theme music as I was writing them. So Lejeune was like Southern rock, man. I was like Leonard Skinner, 38 Special, Blackfoot. And I would just say, uh, you know, I would tell that spy that's in all of our houses, uh, hey, Alexa, play uh, Southern rock. And then I would write a Lejeune chapter. And then I would say, if I had to write a Claude chapter, I'd say, hey, he was, for me, he was classic rock. He was just kind of this older, subtle guy. I love and then,
1: that. that. What a great strategy. I feel it, like that's awesome.
0: Well, yeah, I just felt like that, that got me in the mood for, for those, you know, Claude. Mm-hmm. He, he, Claude talks about, uh, I mean, uh, Samuel talks about, you know, he, he's got Motown cassettes in his car all the time so i put on the motown and uh uh, peg who's up in the great beyond Mm -hmm. i just i would say hey put on that stuff you hear when you're at the spa getting a massage you know it was like that (laughs) ambiance music yeah just like (laughs) yeah it was like ethereal stuff Uh so um so that yeah so i did that just to get my get my brain in the mood to, to write those characters so they would have a specific sound to them um I've never really written with music that much, but uh, I've been doing it more and more lately um, because a couple of friends of mine, like uh, writer friends have done it for years and they mm-hmm. tell me how it helps them. And man, it really helped out with this. I'm going
1: to have to try that. I think that's really great. I, I mean, yeah. you know, music is so powerful um, just in getting you in certain headspaces. So I feel like when you're yeah. writing different characters like that, it has to be something that really moves you in the right direction. Um, which character do you feel like I guess two questions about the characters, um, but which which character do you feel like you had the most fun writing, um, and do you feel like you based a lot of them on, you know, Moped Man with the flowing, <laughs> like, people you saw in the world, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I, I really had a lot of fun with Lejeune, the bartender, mm-hmm. um, and I had a lot of fun with the PEG chapters, like you would, uh, the, the, yeah. the Great Beyond chapters. Um, the, but Lejeune, I, like, listen, uh, Picasso said all art is theft. Um, I, I steal from the world all the time, like the moped man. But So that bartender <laughs> is totally based on a bartender I used to encounter on on my trips to Occasional Watering Hole here in Greenville. and okay. uh, And she she was, um, uh, physically like the bartender I describe in, in the book just kind of just skinny and feisty and just, you know, just a ball of energy. And she would always say, you know, when somebody would come in and whine about, Oh, give me another beer. My life's terrible. She'd say, suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) So I stole that. I totally stole that. that. I had that, you know, like I said, tattooed on her arm, but, but I did not remember, I could not remember any distinctive way her voice was so that's yeah. that was all then i began to build her story about you know how she got her name and all that kind of stuff and but her voice was uh you know that's the, the that's when the fictional part started coming in um but uh you know uh that that she was a lot of fun to play with because i i was writing uh i wrote very clip sentence fragments a lot of her a lot of her uh, narration is delivered in just real quick yeah. sentence rights because that matches her energy and you know and then when the copyright editor would get got this they they kept trying to put in make things complete sentences and i'd go no 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 that's it's supposed that's not a mistake yeah. it's supposed to be that way right you know, that's, intentional yeah um but yeah i had a blast doing her um she was just uh you know, it's it's fun it's to fun. it's fun to make characters. I was having fun. I mean, I'll,
1: yeah, on,
0: I'm not supposed to say that. People are supposed to think I suffered, so they'll go buy the book, right? Oh, he suffered. We have to buy his book, right? Is that how it works? But <laughs> He's I, a
1: starving artist. We need yes, to help this yes. man out. <laughs> help
0: him out. No, I had I had fun doing this. Uh, it yeah, was, the process was 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 creatively. It was it felt good to to make this thing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of metaphors, I feel like, uh, in this book, you know, like the bike, for example. Um, but let's talk about the title for a second, the Hammerhead Chronicles. How did you, let's talk about what's a hammerhead. Tell us about this.
0: (laughs) Um, yes, definitely not about sharks. So, um, (laughs) but, uh, when I first started cycling, uh, and I cycle a lot, uh, I used to cycle a lot more, but I'm, you know, I still cycle some and, uh, when I first started cycling, the cyclists that were like the, for lack of a better word, kind of annoying how they would like run you off the road and make fun yeah. of your inexperience and all that kind of stuff. They were called hammerheads. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, oh, there goes the hammerheads. You know, They're the ones that would pass you on the mountain and go, oh, you'll never make it up. Here. <laughs> Just so, bang their way. <laughs> right. So, so that so it's a pejorative term for a cyclist uh, mm-hmm. at least at least in this group that i was riding with and so you know claude encounters hammerheads in his cycling adventures in the book and he kind of sort of wants to be one but not really you know he wants to be able to you know metaphorically get to the top of the mountain but He's not sure what that will do to him. He's not sure he wants to be that kind of person, that right. guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So so also just calling it Chronicles sort of like gave it this sort of, I it's going to be s- serialized feel. Like here's mm-hmm. a chapter from somebody, here's a chapter from somebody. But they're all sort of revolving around Claude. Yeah. So it becomes, you know, the, the Chronicles of this I guess Hammerhead wannabe.
1: I was about to say Hammerhead wannabe.
0: Yeah, that was too long for the title though. The Hammerhead wannabe Chronicles.
1: Yeah, maybe the next one, the sequel. <laughs> right, the follow, the sequel. <laughs> I thought that was such a clever uh, title, especially as you go through the book and you actually experience the story. Story, you kind of go back and you're like, that makes complete sense. <laughs> well, you know,
0: it's funny. I- I'm a bad titler. I just I don't, really? <laughs> um, titles change, and I always have a working title. I always have a title on it,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I always doubt myself. And but this is this this was the title from the get go. Um, yeah, I mean it's it, it it was the title the whole from the beginning of the first draft to till the book came out.
1: You just knew it was calling to you. Yeah, it just
0: it just felt good. It just felt yeah. Good,
1: you know? Well, I think it definitely like is perfect for this oh, story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank
0: you. We have a newsletter called Beyond Three Hundred, and we'd love to have you sign up. This is where we share what's coming on the podcast, provide helpful links, and keep you updated on the podcast and the hosts. You can sign up at Podcast dot com or the websites of the hosts: TheEndIsWay dot com,
1: Sarah com, or spellboundpublicrelations.com. com. And by the way, we won't spam you because that takes way too much time. Would you like to do a reading for us?
0: Yeah. I- let me just do something really, really short, maybe. Um, sure. you know, I talked about Lejeune, mm-hmm. and I uh, <clears throat> talked about her quick clip language and and i I think it's important the first time you meet characters, you get a sense of who they are and and what they sound like and what kind of people they are. So I thought, well, I need to let people know readers know right away this is this is what you get. this is what you get yeah. from La <laughs> So, um, so this is the first time you encounter Lejeune. Windows so dirty, cut the sunshine, no matter what time of year. Hate the front windows at the Oorah. Stupid name for a bar. What happens when a Marine buys a bar? Should not allow Marines to own bars. Should not allow Marines to have daughters. Should not allow Marines to name daughters for the Marine base where they were conceived. Not born. Was born on Paris Island in dead of summer so I can handle humidity and mosquitoes that would deck a man twice my size. Conceived at Camp Lejeune, my father, dead and gone for years. Platoon buddy of his owns the ooh Tending bar is easier than working for a living, ooh Don't wear a wa- wristwatch, but knew it was after 6.30. The dirty light got a little dirtier. Can tell that from where I stood behind the taps. Only three taps, Bud, Bud Light, and Coors Regular but nobody drinks draft beer at the Ura. they want the cans and the bottles buried in the cooler like to see me sink my skinny arm in ice water to the armpit fishing for pbr and cooler's light and middle of high life don't wear sleeves even in the winter got a tattoo down the backside of my right arm suck it up buttercup it says a thing my father always said funny he died and left me a pair of dress blues a marksmanship medal, and a phrase that banged around my head for years. Banging stopped when I moved the scene from my head to my arm. Green ink. Fancy, old-school cursive writing. Suck it up, buttercup.
1: (laughs) I love Uh, the way you read that, too. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well... I do love that that was taken from an actual, you know, experience that you had with a bartender. I feel like that's just such a... Like great mental, I I had such a great visual of her throughout reading this. (laughs) Well, you know,
0: if I think if you write, you're always borrowing from the world, and even people who write, you know, dystopian sci-fi set in, you know, the year thirty eight seventy two they're still going to borrow from the real world when they describe a character or when they Mm -hmm. let's say somebody walks with a limp they're going to go yeah my uncle julius had a limp i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i know how you walk and describe it yeah Yeah, so you're you're borrowing from the real world so i think we're always kind of doing that yeah Uh, some more than others you know right Um, but the whole idea of creating a complete 100 percent fiction where you're not borrowing something from the world at some point i'm not sure i can buy into that
1: right you know i feel like a lot of your life too i'm sure with teaching um at the governor's school is it is writing like your life is creativity and um gathering these experiences what would you say um has been the biggest thing in your teaching career that's influenced your writing
0: oh wow um i i You know that's that's a great question. Um, I think maybe you know a lot of people don't like to write and teach at the same time, and they say that 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 affects one affects the other. And but what I found is when I talk to students um, every day about being disciplined and that writing is the, the fine art of getting your butt in the chair and doing the work, and this whole idea of muse whispering in your ear you know and inspiring you is is kind of a fantasy you've got to do the work and Mm -hmm. and learn your craft so talking to talking to them and pushing them to be disciplined then when i go home i go boy i better i better do what i say yeah you know so because i'm that was how hypocritical is that so so i i think talking to them about being disciplined has helped me be more disciplined so in this You know, I was always writing stories and sending stories out and and having, you know, mediocre success with that. But I finally uh, said, I've got to sit down and and write these stories and get these things down and put these story collections together and and so forth. So I I really do think talking to them, getting on that soapbox with my students and talking to them about being disciplined has, has turned it. And, you know, it's 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 become, it's come full circle. I've, right. I have, I have to do the same thing.
1: Right? right. So you kind of become your own teacher in that. Yeah.
0: I mean, how could you stand in front of a, a, a bunch of students and, and talk to them about you, you have to be disciplined and then not, not do it yeah. yourself. And Go call see
1: your, La at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well. I mean, you can still go to see Lejeune sometimes. You Just know? make
1: sure you're writing while you're doing you it. You have to have a break. You know, some... Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so I think a question that I, I definitely want to ask you, being an educator um, and having written um, all these other stories and everything, so if you were to kind of look at yourself at the start of your writing journey, um, but be you now, what would be something or a piece of advice that you'd tell yourself then?
0: I, I There was a... A big chunk of my life, um, like, I, like I'm old, Hannah. Right? You, uh, and and <laughs> Guys, but he's not old. <laughs> there, there was a there was a big chunk of my life where I stopped writing, uh, like like a 15 year oh, chunk okay. of wow. time because yeah. that, because I let I let um, uh, life get in the way a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there, it, there were e- it was easy to make excuses. Oh, there's kids coming you know you need to yeah. you need to you need to take this job for this reason and so forth and i i said well i'll still be able to write and then the the busier things got the harder it came to write but i always it was easy to make excuses um if i could go back to the beginning of that 15 year break and tell myself my younger self don't listen to that voice keep writing keep on the keep on the path mhm You'll find a way to get it done don't don't get diverted from that path um because fifteen years is a a long time for a writer to i mean I was writing a story here or there, and I was doing a magazine piece here or there, but it wasn't like I said the disciplined yeah part of the writing and I wasn't teaching at that point i was I was in the ad business, so
1: wow <laughs> yeah different yeah
0: well i was well, i not started too different, out, though, I, guess I started it, out writing writing ad copy and and Mm -hmm. and, um video scripts and commercials radio commercials and tv commercials so i was telling little very cool 30 30 second 60 second stories yeah right Right. but i i let myself say well i'm just i've you know i've been writing copy all day i can't possibly write yeah a, a piece of fiction and if i could go back i would tell myself no you you can figure this out you can figure out a way to do this and and keep writing your stories and keep writing your books so
1: i think that's great and i think because i think um you know time management is something especially i've i've gotten that just having my daughter who just turned one she's uh it is hard and it's easy to make excuses you know where you're like oh i'm just very tired at like 6 p.m which is okay sometimes you know but then other days it's like i think creativity is kind of what pushes us forward in our life and um, I think that's a powerful piece of advice mm-hmm. I uh, wanted to I'm going to close out with a quote uh, that I really love from this book um, and again I feel like I could talk with you all day maybe I'll just keep you on here for This has been fun hours. yeah we
0: could we could do a couple <laughs> hours I'm, I'm good I got nothing going on yeah
1: six hour episode <laughs> <laughs> Um, But I loved this quote from the book um, from one of Claude's chapters. And it says, there is a reason you decide not to open your eyes right away. You are not sure you're prepared to see the world. Um, I really loved that. And oh, I just wanted you. to tell you that. I thought that that was really great. And it's something that, you know, at the end of... I always kind of highlight as I read like little nuggets, golden nuggets. I like to call uh-huh. them just things that will get you thinking and i I felt like this was a book that really gets you thinking about a lot of things but also entertains and um i just really loved it so i really appreciate you writing well (laughs)
0: thank you thank you for all the kind words it's um it's you know uh as a writer the the best the best thing that can ever happen to you is for somebody that you've never met, because you know we've 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 emailed a couple times. we've yeah. never met. For somebody right. you've never met to say, hey, I read this thing you did and I really liked it, and to to point out a specific line is just, uh, it, yeah, it, make, it makes my heart very warm. Thank oh, you.
1: <laughs> and you know it is funny that you said the the only trouble is interesting because that's in yeah. my notes right here. It's in Peg's part where she's like. Claude used to say something that only that stuck with me even through all the sickness and dying and so forth, only trouble is interesting. So yeah. I, it's funny that you said that because that really stuck out to me too. So I feel like actually that's probably the perfect quote to end this with is only trouble is interesting. So readers, writers, you know, create some trouble in your life and in turn... <laughs> <laughs> your bu- your novel's life but maybe and, not too much trouble
0: <laughs> and and have some fun
1: <laughs> and have some right. fun yeah right that's great well thank you so much for coming Thanks, on Hannah. and this it's has been, been really great. great um landis is going to kill me if i don't do my outro i always do okay. which is also fitting for what you're talking about with music uh so everybody just read on write on and rock on <laughs>